You know, our world is a better place because we gather as a family. Like, we, it's wonderful, and, and the, the video today was going to show some of what happens in this, on our campus seven days a week. It's not uncommon for us to have an 18-hour day. Any given Saturday, if you come out, you'll see more than a thousand people combing the back of our campus for various events and so on. Uh, with our school all week long, various events going, a lot going on on the campus, but we don't just try to have things on the campus, we try to mobilize and go out. And you may not be aware, I don't know if Pastor Chris mentioned it when he was speaking last Sunday, but hats off to Pastor Chris, he's now involved in the community on a level that's just fantastic. He is actually the facilitator of a DelQuest leadership development program that's within the community structure, and it's not like a big Christian thing, um, but here we are at the center of this, bringing Christ and really the heart of God to everything of excellence, the way we're going about this and partnering with various leaders. These young people actually fill out applications, go through an interview process, and get handpicked by community leaders to meet the CEO of the hospital. We introduce them to all the community leaders, the commander, Tinker, police chief, fire chief. They actually go through three days of this uh, intense leadership development. They land on the floor of the House of Representatives in the state capitol building where they graduate after arguing and debating together just like legislators would. And our community has selected our own Pastor Chris Neeson to actually be the facilitator of leading that. So I just honor you and thank you for your leadership there. This coming Thursday, we'll have an event here. With, it's our elementary uh, Christmas production where the gospel of Jesus Christ will be presented. This place will be packed. People from the community will come in for that. Friday, this Friday, we're going to be a part of the Christmas tree lighting at the Dell City Community Center. Years ago, the mayor actually called and he said, you know, we know Christmas is not about a tree, but I can't really go into all of that. How about if you come and you take the event and MC and share the true meaning of Christmas with our community? And I said, let me pray about it. Okay, yes, I'll do that. And so this Friday night, again, I'm going to be sharing Jesus in the community center here as the tree comes on and Santa comes out. And uh, man, I just, I'm so thankful that God's given us that opportunity. Here's the thing that all of us need to understand as a church family. Our community would be diminished if it weren't for our existence. Listen, you and I have an assignment. You and I are called by God to be engaged and involved on every level of business, government, education, community-wide involvement, making a difference everywhere we go. That is what God has called us to do. In this place, we are going to learn more and more how to effectively embrace that. And as we come together, we love, we serve, we give. That's exactly the goal and the objective. We're going to empower people around us to understand Jesus is alive. How many of you know Jesus is alive? How many of your lives have been changed and you know other people need to hear the life-changing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Come on, that's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. So I want to challenge you, um, if you would, take your notebooks, pass them down. If you've not already done that, take out your note cards. Jesus said in John 5, the scriptures speak of me. The New Testament had not yet been written, so he was talking about the Old Testament. Every book of the Bible reveals Jesus uniquely and specifically. So we have been going week after week, book after book, each week another book, taking a look at where Jesus is revealed throughout the Old Testament and New. Here we are today in the fourth and final book of the Gospels. So we're in the New Testament, four books in, the book of John. If you remember when we looked at this over the previous four weeks, 
The book of Matthew reveals Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah. The book was primarily written to the Jews to tell them their Messiah had come. Mark revealed Jesus as the servant. And immediately in the book of Mark, we see where Jesus is just like chapter one. There he is, boom, jumping in, serving the needs of people around him. The book of Luke. Luke is the only Gentile writer of an entire Jewish cast of writers of Scripture. And so he is an outsider, and he's writing in the book of Luke really a unique, it's my favorite perspective so far, to be honest with you. But he was revealing Jesus as the Son of Man. Jesus came like the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, and he came in such humility that no human being on the planet would not be able to identify. God identified with man coming as the Son of Man. And today, what we're going to see in the book of John, John reveals Jesus as the Son of God. So first we see that Jesus was the Son of Man that you and I could identify with and relate to, and then we understand He's the Son of God who inspires and empowers us to awaken something, awaken something supernatural, somewhat eternal even in our own hearts in the temporal world in which we live. How many of you know your revelation can actually get bigger than your environment? I want you to think about that. You're, you're warring for God's perspective. I want to ask you to engage your heart, your mind as much as you possibly can, your spirit. Let your spirit just be awakened to what God's wanting to share. You, I mean, you can get a revelation bigger than your environment. In other words, you're living in a certain set of parameters and circumstances, and God speaks something to you bigger than where you're dwelling. And guess what? When that happens, you're about to dwell in the larger, wide-open territory. If you do not get a revelation bigger than your environment, you will always live a life of confinement. And friends, you and I don't have to be defined by the circumstances that come our way. There's something bigger that can define your life than the stuff that happens to you. His name is Jesus, and he wants to awaken something of an entirely new dimension of what defines us as we walk all of this out. So, I, you know, last week when I was talking to this congregation, and I, I made the statement, when doctors, and I want you to think about this, as Christians, how many of you have given your life to Jesus? Can I just see your hand? As Christians, when we devote our lives to Christ, then we begin to pray. We walk through certain circumstances. And how many of you know if a doctor is working on you, that doctor is working with abilities beyond that doctor's natural abilities, with faculties beyond that doctor's natural faculties. In fact, the entire medical staff, when they're involved in any procedure that you're going through, and we begin to pray together, do you understand God enters the room? How many believe in the power of prayer? God enters the room, and those individuals begin functioning and working and operating and assessing and diagnosing with faculties beyond their own faculties. This is just the way you and I should be living our lives, every day walking with abilities beyond our own abilities. This is what Jesus reveals in the book of John, the Son of God. There is something of an eternal power that is available to all humanity, and I want to try to awaken you to that revelation and that realization today. Come on, let your revelation get bigger than your environment today so that you break out of this lifestyle of confinement and containment into new places where God wants you to go. God will increase your life. God will change your situation. God can change your circumstances. But we have to hear what he wants to reveal in that process. So write it down in your first blank. If we learn to listen to God's voice, we can live from God's point of view. 
What an important truth for us to understand. Our goal is not to make people religious. Religion only makes people more religious. Jesus awakens people to the supernatural capacity that God deposited within them. You and I have an ability to hear things that other people simply cannot hear. If you've come to know Christ, you can see things and have vision and be aware of things by the Spirit of God because your spirit is alive that other people don't have. The Bible actually says we're not even supposed to mourn and grieve like lost people mourn and grieve. Why is that? Because we don't just live for this life. Come on, we're living for something bigger than this life. There's an eternal value to the life God's called us to live, and there's an eternal perspective that we must learn to embrace, and it will change everything about the way we view normal Christianity. Normal Christianity is our walking in a place of conversation with God. Prayer is the place where we practice conversation with God. Do you hear me? Prayer is the place where we practice conversation with God. So let's just ask, what's your prayer life like? Okay, get your hands free just for a second. I want to give you, ask you to give me your number, okay? Your prayer life, scale of one to ten. Ten being, I have a hard time sinking in the water when I sit in the bathtub because I'm so much like Jesus. And one being, uh, yeah, I need to work on this desperately, okay? One to ten, where's your prayer life? Give me your number. Prayer life, go ahead, hold them up there. Okay. We got some single-hand, some double-handed. How many of you know we all want to go up at least one notch, right? We all want to take one step forward, and I believe today is about that as we war to understand God's perspective. God wants to increase that place of conversation with him. In John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus says, truly, truly. In other words, pay attention. As sincerely as I can say, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. This is hugely important. Jesus said, I can't do anything of myself unless it's something I see the Father doing. And whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. So, like, we're all trying to figure this out. None of us have this figured out. We're all on a journey trying to find our way. And I want to function in a supernatural capacity. I want to know what it is to embrace and possess the mind of Christ. How many of you in the room have the mind of Christ? Can I just take a quick poll? You have the mind of Christ? Like, if you know the Bible, you know you have the mind of Christ. So raise your hand. How many of you have the mind of Christ? Now, how many of you use the mind of Christ? That's a whole other uh, conversation to have. But we all have access to the thoughts of God. And what Jesus is saying, in our humanity, we are incapable of supernatural expressions. But in our humanity, when we identify with deity and we follow his direction, how many know God can take a situation and turn it around that fast and we need to be paying attention to what God is up to who knows what releases those things we don't understand all of those types of scenarios but here's the bottom line when we just start walking out and saying well I'm just going to do supernatural things today and we're paying no attention to what God has to say about the situation you're going to confuse everybody you can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens you. You need a revelation from God. So when I get all of a sudden the report about a family member or a medical situation, I hear this. I don't just immediately charge an attack. I first hear what God wants to say. I want to listen to the voice of God. And don't wait until you're in the fight of your life before you start trying to pray and hear the voice of God. Practice the voice of God in everyday places of prayer and you will rise up in a warlike behavior when those circumstances come your way. I said adversarial circumstances awaken warfare in the hearts of God's people. You're clapping your hands, releasing something today. We're not here just to have happy chat time, motivational message with Pastor Lawrence. I want some impartation from heaven. I want to be awakened to understand the eternal purposes of God. I don't want to just go through my life trying to apply a bunch of religious nonsense. I want to know Jesus, and I want to make him known. I want to see God's kingdom come, and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What you have to understand and what I have to understand is that we were actually created to be fascinated. We were created to be fascinated. Like you've seen those dudes that like don't wear hardly any clothes and paint their body the color of their team and it's freezing cold outside and they're running around at the games. Have you ever seen those guys? Some of you may be those guys, okay? Uh, but, but you understand, like you, you look at them and you think, what in, what in the world? I recently saw, and like everybody's bundled up on this one particular game. You know it's freezing cold. You could see the breath. And like this dude who's almost all the way naked, painted the color of his team, he's running around. He's like, yeah, go. And I'm thinking, you're going to be in the hospital for the next two weeks. I mean, what in the world would make that person do that? Listen, you and I were created to be fascinated. That person's just a little more fanatical than the people around. That's the whole idea of the fan. If you're a fan, you're fanatical to some degree. Whatever it is, you need to understand this, though. Whatever it is that fascinates you will ultimately dominate you. Let me give you an illustration. My my, uh, wife, for Christmas one year, she bought me Mario World, Super Mario World. Anybody go old school with me and you remember gaming back in the day? Can I just see? Come on. All right, we got some gamers in here from back in the day. And so she bought this, and and I'm looking at, I open it for Christmas, and and I looked at it, and I just thought, I mean, I'm an adult here, okay? (laughs) She gets me a kid game for Christmas, and I scoffed at it. I mean, I am totally in my brain, we're going to send this thing back and get a refund, you know? Because what in the world? I mean, like, I'm an adult. But somewhere over the next few days... I opened the game just to play one level. And, and when I started running, and then I found Yoshi. And, and like I jumped on Yoshi's back, and then I figured out how to jump off Yoshi, and then I realized Yoshi has shoes that he can run on the other guys that Mario gets killed by. If you hit the square, then coins pop up, and... And then, and then you run through the goalposts at the end and like celebration. And, and I conquered the first level and I thought, I can do this. <laughs> My inner child was awakened. And I conquered the second level and the 22nd level and the 50th level and the 70th level. And my wife literally comes in to the living room at 2.30 a.m., She said, what 
are you doing? I said, just one more level, and then I'll come to bed. I promise. I found a secret chamber. All oh, the secret chambers are amazing when you find them. How many of you know, whatever fascinates you will dominate you. It doesn't matter what it is. Ultimately, if you allow yourself to be fascinated by something, you're allowing yourself to be dominated by something. Listen very carefully. Jesus is the only one who will dominate you correctly with God-like dominion, domination, to release you as kings and lords. Everything else makes you a slave. Everything else uses and abuses you and leaves you empty and dry and used up. I'm calling on you today to embrace the perspective of God. Rise up and embrace the mind of Christ. Come on, you were created to be fascinated. And because you were created by God to be fascinated, you cannot afford to be impressed by the devil. You cannot afford to be impressed by the devil. But you will be if you do not live a life that is inspired by God. I'm saying a lot today. It's big chunks of ideas I'm trying to just put into conceptual perspectives that you can embrace and understand. But let's be clear, you were created, created to be fascinated. What fascinates you will dominate you. You cannot afford to be fascinated by the devil, but you will be if you do not live a life that's inspired by God. How many of you have ever found yourself being dominated in an area of your life and you could not win? You found yourself in that place. You had to reach out and call on the name of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only thing that will break you out. And once you get in that place, you have to purpose to remain inspired. That means I stay in a place of loving. I stay in a place of serving. I stay in a place of giving. I stay in a place of reading. I stay in a place of worshiping just like this. I stay in a place of prayer. I stay in a place of just memorizing and studying the Word and constantly. There's something deep within you that I'm reaching to. Deep is calling to deep today that we would be awakened to the eternal nature of what God desires to accomplish in your life. Everything else is just going to leave you feeling shortchanged. And distraction can be really bad. How many of you know distraction can be really bad? Like really bad. I, I, we had a, a family that I became friends with. In a sense, they adopted me in junior high. And they were kind of a wealthy family and took me in and took me out boating, camping. And I actually learned how to slalom ski. So like figured out how I could get up on one ski and cut and shoot up water as much as I could. Man, I felt so cool. And, and, and he, he took me in, and I could, I could ski right up to the bank. And if you go just the right speed, you get in just enough water where the fin doesn't catch the sand, the, you ski right up, and you just kind of sink to the sand. You reach down, pick up your ski, and you walk off looking cool. And I figured it out. And, and we were skiing one day, and there were these sunbathing beauties. And Ray, driving the boat, he says, hey, Lawrence, how about I take you around? 
and you just zip right up there and put your ski on your shoulder and walk right by those sunbathing beauties because they were watching, you know, this, he was taking me around. I said, let's do it, man, let's do it. Like, I'm, you know, I'm a teenager ready to impress the girls. And so, man, I'm cutting it and we're going and they are clearly watching now and, and, and I'm distracted. I'm watching them not paying attention to him and he has sped the boat up substantially. All I'm thinking is show off, not realizing he is going a lot faster, and he cuts in a lot tighter than he normally would, a little closer than we typically are, and then he cuts out really hard. What that means is he slingshots me really fast up by the beach, and I have no idea because all I can think about is these sunbathing beauties and how awesome they're going to think I am. When I pick up my, my ski, I'm going to walk among them, and they're all going to go, oh, will you take me out? Will you go out with me? I mean, I, in my, I've got it all figured it's going to be the way. To, and he swings me around, and I go zipping toward the beach until I realize I'm going way too fast. The ski sticks into the sand. I flip over the front of the ski, land face down in the sand, as close as, as I am to the lows right here on the front. And when I look up, I realize they cannot stop laughing. Such an impressive person I was. How many of you ever realized, like, you're distracted in a situation, you're about to be humiliated, but you don't even realize you're distracted? How many of you ever known somebody, and you're looking on their life, and you're realizing what they're doing, and you're thinking, I mean, it's so obvious, right? Why don't they see this? Have you ever, like, seen somebody, and they're, like, train wrecking their life? They're in the midst of self-destruction mode, and it's like, why can't you see it? And the reason is because we're created to be fascinated. And since we're created to be fascinated, when we get distracted and we start getting fascinated by anything other than our relationship with Christ and the awareness of the eternal purposes of God, then we become blind to all that's going on. We're, we're on our way to a horrible conclusion. We're on our way to destruction. We're on our way to a pathway of huge problems. And we need to pay attention to what God is saying in that moment in time. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. The original Hebrew language uh, says they crash into the sand beach and humiliate themselves in front of people they're trying to impress. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what God reveals, they are most blessed. Is that a beautiful expression of His Word? When we attend to what God reveals, we are most blessed. When we're distracted from what God is saying, we're not blessed. We're, we, we don't even get it. We don't even understand. We're, we're going the wrong direction. Listen, I want to challenge you. I figured something out this last week. Just I haven't really thought in these terms before. We, we always talk about the beginning of the year and the New Year's revelation, right? If you've been here for any length of time, you know that we don't just make New Year's resolutions, how do I want to improve me, but I, you know, so rather than deciding how I want to get better, what we're trying to do is discover what God wants to do in our lives. So as we come to the beginning of the year, we'll focus once again on 40 days, core values, who we are as a church family, what's God wanting to do in 2017. How many of you believe God has a plan for you personally for 2017? 
Like he's got a plan for you. I want to ask you that question again and give you an opportunity to respond because it's important that you respond to him, not necessarily to me, but how many of you know God actually has a plan for you in 2017? So like God wants to speak some things to you about your year. So not just making a resolution, but discovering a revelation. What's God thinking? The reason this is so important, because every one of us in the room, we know what it is to... (coughs) to get choked up. We know what it is to flounder in our devotions. Like we're, you know, where do I read? What do I study? Well, you've been there before, right? You're in your devotions and you're just not sure where to focus. But if you've got a revelation for the year and you find yourself trying to know where to focus, then you step back and you go back to that, return to what God revealed and focus in. So we'll do that in the first 40 days. But I want to challenge you to think about this. We actually just entered in to the final 40 days of the year. 2016. I want to challenge you to finish strong. Did you get your 2016 revelation from God? Do you know what God's been speaking and desiring to do in you this year? Because here's the thing I have figured out for me personally. People leave me alone if I give 90%. Have you figured that out? You can give 90% and get by in your job. You can give 90% and get by as a parent. You can give 90% and get by in your marriage. 90% is enough in the minds of people around you. They don't expect more than 90%. But if you want to pursue excellence and you want to step into a place of accelerating in everything God has, then you've got to exhaust that final 10%. If you're going to work out, I promise you, it's the final 10% of those repetitions where you're going to get the most benefit. If you want to hear from God this year in 2016, I guarantee you, it's this final 10% in this holiday season where you're taking time that you're off from work and you're able to press in and take a prayer walk, listen to God, memorize scripture, be fascinated by the Lord your God. If you want to step into a place of accelerating into a place of excellence in the call of God in your life, make sure that you're finishing strong in the final 10% of the year. It's the final 40 days. We've just stepped into it. How are you going to respond? Because I'll just repeat the verse. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what God has revealed, the blessing abounds. The blessing abounds. You get it? The blessing abounds. I mean, I'm not just here to give you my best sermon. I've got another great point. But I hear the Lord just saying, pause and think about the blessing of God. What is the blessing of God? When we attend to what he's wanting to talk about, the blessing of God begins to abound. When the blessing gets inside, it just expands you beyond your own capacity. Things begin to change. Listen, the Israelites were hung up in bondage and slavery of Egypt. They cried out to God, what did God do in response? He sent them a prophet. You know why God sends somebody a prophet when they're in bondage asking to be free? Because God knows if you get a word from God, it can change your situation. 
Like he sent them a prophet to introduce the conversation God was trying to have about their circumstance. He sent them a prophet to say, here's a point of view that maybe you've not considered. Here, what's going on in your life? What's the point of view God's wanting you to possess right now? Because I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being a victim to circumstance. I'm tired of letting every situation that comes my way control my faith and control my attitude. I want to rise up above that. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond whatever it is you're stuck in right now. Break out and be free. Let the point of view from heaven begin to transform your life. I am responsible to present an inspired, vibrant me to my world, to my church, to my family, to my kids, to my wife, to my neighbors. I'm responsible. I am responsible to present an inspired, vibrant me. There, listen, there are some things you can do to help me. This is one of those things I have to do on my own. There's some things I can do to help you. This is one of those things you have to do on your own. You are responsible to present an inspired, vibrant you to your world. Are you inspired by God? To be inspired by God, think about it is to be empowered by God. And when we are empowered by God, we're not a bunch of religious people in a community. We are a mighty force from heaven taking over the earth, really irritating the devil. And I really like irritating the devil. How about you? Like We've got a number of situations that have come our way in the last few weeks. Crazy situations. Some of you might have met Charles. Charles has been coming to church here just for a few weeks. Somebody in our church met him, started inviting him. He was in a wheelchair, was sitting off to my right over here. Charles actually passed away this past week. And I was talking to the, the family that was bringing him. And they were talking just a little bit about meeting him and how God set all that up and how he came to church. And he was so awakened to faith in God. Do you think it might have actually been a purposed assignment from God where somebody would meet Charles, bring him here, he would come to know Jesus, and today, I just want you to know, he's not in a wheelchair anymore. He's dancing and celebrating and shouting, and I thank God for salvation through Jesus Christ. Like, this is real stuff. We've got to understand that prompting to have a conversation with somebody couldn't, it's not that it might change their life, it might change eternity for them. God doesn't, final, final blank for you, think about this, God does not merely communicate with his words. He creates with them. He doesn't just use his words to communicate. He uses his words to create. And you are created in his image with this incredible ability within us to do the same. It's really remarkable when you stop and think about it. But in Genesis, God spoke and all things seen and unseen came into being. He doesn't just communicate, but he actually creates with his word. And in John chapter 1, verse 1, this is where the book begins. It's my final point to you as we are evaluating Jesus revealed as the Son of God to awaken something of eternal value within every single one of us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
The very first verse in the book of John uses the word word three times. How many of you think God's trying to start a conversation? Excuse me, could I have a word with you? That's what God is saying. I'd like to have a word with you. I, I know you got that report. I would like to have a word. I know your finances and where you've been, but God's saying, I'd like to have a word with you. I know you've been trapped and you feel like you can't break out of this cycle, but I'd like to have a word with you. Because God doesn't just communicate with his words. There's something of substance, something of value, something of impartation. I feel the power of eternity in this room right now, breaking some of us out of some bondages that have existed in our lives. Will you awaken to that today? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just help us to see what you're wanting us to see, hear what you're wanting us to hear. He has instilled within us the capacity to carry the weight of eternity with our words. Listen, I don't know if you even believe what I just said. If we will pay attention to him. I'm going to try and say it again. He has instilled within us the capacity to carry something of eternity in our words. I'll give you an illustration. Because like God's words are so powerful. If you spend time with God's words, and I'm not just talking about reading the Bible, because a lot of religious people read the Bible. That's reading the Word of God. But I'm talking about listening to the words of God. Not just reading the book, sitting with the author. What does God want to say in my devotion time? Not religiously, what can I accomplish for the Lord today? You understand there are miles between the two perspectives that I'm talking to you about. And if you and I will learn to pay attention and to dwell with the words of God and converse with the words of God, there's something that is awakened within us that is not confined to the world's parameters and restrictions and confinement. There can be healing and breaking forth and deliverance and freedom and provision and all the things God wants to release in the earth through our surrendered available lives. Let me convince you of the the power, the eternal power of your words. When you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, your words change your eternity. You get it? God says, excuse me, I'd like to have a word with you. And you say, I mean, I don't know what you're like, but, you know, I've told my story a few times. But, you know, there, I I mean, I, I was like, far from anybody God would be interested in, in my opinion. I didn't know God even was willing to talk to somebody with a two tone mullet in that day. But there he was. And it was just like, excuse me. I'd like to have a word with you. And, and it was like when God said, I want to have a word with you, everything in me melted. I tried to be this tough guy. But as soon as I felt like God was actually saying, I'd like to have a word with you. I mean, I don't know. You think of somebody you really admire and respect that you've never had the opportunity to meet. Some famous person. And they come into a room, and all these people are here, and they walk over all the way back to you. There's Katie Baffrey. Excuse me, Katie. 
I'd like to have a word with you. Somebody that's like totally famous, that, I mean, she would be like, <gasps> and like I'm talking about somebody more famous than anybody you can imagine. I'm talking about God. And when he came to me and he said, I want to have a word with you, something in me came alive. And I realized God was inviting me to a conversation that would change everything about the rest of my life. Do you want that conversation in your life today? Why don't you stand with me? I try not to share like sensational stories. And, and the reason I do, because you know, we'll all have a few of those in our lifetime. But the problem is preachers share sensational stories because it captivates audiences and then it confuses people to think that the kingdom of God is all about this sensationalist stuff. So let me just say right up front as I tell you the story, 20 years ago something happened to me and it is so sensational, it's ridiculous. Um, and in light of that, you probably nobody here has even ever heard me share the story because I try to avoid that. But I felt the Lord was reminding me about it this week as I was just praying for you. And I, and I was just crying, God, God, help us to get this. And I was in the gymnasium. I used to be the principal of our school. And I was in the gymnasium, and a young man standing over to the side began to have a seizure. I knew who he was, didn't really know his name. But he began to have a seizure so severely, he fell down on the floor and, and a few people who have some medical background came over immediately trying to assist. So, you know, as the principal, I'm forced into a role of trying to provide some leadership, but I have no idea what to do. I have no medical training, but I knew how to pray. And so I just went over, and as they were doing what they could do, trying to keep him biting his tongue, different things they were doing, I just laid my hands on him and began to pray. And I kid you not, as soon as I laid my hands on him and began to pray, the Holy Spirit gave me a 405 phone number, and I, I just had the number in my brain. I still know the number today, as remarkable as that is. It's like it was seared into me. And I laid my hands on that boy, and I looked up at somebody standing there, and I said, go call 405, and I named the number. I didn't know the number, I didn't know the kid's name, but that phone number was the uncle of the boy having the seizure. It was one of the most remarkable, crazy experiences I've ever had as a Christian. But I'm challenged that you and I have far more capacity and far more potential than we have ever chosen to live by. And because of it, we've reduced this thing to religion that's based on our experience when God's trying to take our experience and take it up to a place of theology and truth that He's trying to reveal. And may we rise up and be the men and women of the Spirit that He's called us to be, that the world will be a 